Good evening. And I pray that you have had a wonderful week. I pray that as the weekend appears that you have been able to spend time with the Lord in Bible study and in prayer. I pray that you have been serving the Lord. I pray that if you have had health trouble, the Lord is with you and is taking care of you. I am uh, making a mess here in my office. But I uh, wanted to just come to you tonight and continue to share with you from the Word of God. And as we move into Job 35, you have probably made this statement or heard this statement made that I stayed too long. Or I've heard people say I should have retired earlier. Um, I've heard pastors say I've stayed too long at that church. And the thought of staying too long is something that not all of us probably think about. But I do not want to stay in a relationship if that relationship is not healthy. But so many times do we know people that have stayed too long. And tonight, as we've been looking at this theme of trying to help people and um, correct people and be there for people, even if they don't see eye to eye with us, tonight, Elihu has wore out his welcome. Even though he had some good points, even though he had some positive things, he ends up being no better than Job's friends. I heard a movie one time say that every hero lives long enough to be a villain. And that's not true in our case with Jesus, but um, I've heard things like about General Patton in the Second World War that um, he was loved and successful, and but then eventually he became the target of their hatred and disagreement. And so tonight as we look at 35, I just want to call your attention to some main verses. But in verse 3 it says, For you say, what advantage will it be to you? What profit shall I have more than if I had sinned? You see, Job is throwing this pity party back in chapter, I think it was 24, you know, chapter 21, talking about, well, my life's no different than the sinners and, and there's no advantage of being righteous and it's just, what's it matter? He's throwing a typical pity party. And Elihu's answer was, well, really, your sin affects you, but God is going to be God whether you sin or not. God's going to be perfect whether you're not. God's going to be holy whether you're not. And really, sometimes we think that, that God revolves around us, but that's not how it works. The world and the earth and everything revolves around him. And that's the wonderful thing about Jesus. It's that our sin could not change who God is. But yet God was so concerned about our sin, concerned about our problems, that he loved us so much that he sent Jesus to come to this world, to live a perfect life, 
to die on the cross for you and me. It's mind-blowing. Our arms aren't high enough to reach into heaven and drag Jesus down here. Our sin is not so great that it is unforgivable. But yet God loved us so much and saw us in the sinful mess that we were in and loved us. And so he's just telling them this. Job, you, you, you've got this backwards. There is benefits to living for Jesus. There are benefits from serving God. There is uh, rewards for living holy, for the Lord is holy. But don't think that it's all about you. So in verse 8, um, the Bible says here, Your wickedness affects a man such as you, and your righteousness a son of man. And so there again, he's just talking about this mindset. But <clears throat> Job had complained back in chapter 24 about the fact that he didn't feel his prayers were being answered. And many of us feel that way sometimes. And Elihu gives three reasons why Job's prayers weren't being answered. And this is where Elihu has stayed too long. God never said these things were true. Can they be true? Absolutely. And so tonight, I wanted to just take a minute to look. And for you and me, you and I, to evaluate our lives. Because even though these weren't the reason that prayers weren't being answered in Job's life, it could be in ours. The first thing Elihu said was pride. Look what it says in verses 10 through 12. But no one says, where is God, my maker, who gives song in the night, who teaches us more than the beast of the earth and makes us whiter than the birds of the heavens? There they cry out, but he does not answer because of the pride of evil men. If there is pride in your heart, God will not respond. And so when a nation like America stands up and says we're going to murder 70 million babies because it's what we think's best. We know what God teaches about gender and marriage, but yet we are going to do what we want. We should not be surprised when God says, I don't have to respond to you. Tonight, don't let pride hinder God working in your life. The second area he gave was wrong motives. Look what it says in verse 13. Surely God will not listen to empty talk, nor will the Almighty regard it. I have uh, <laughs> been in church a long time. I've heard people pray, well, I just want God to bless our church, and I want him to, to unify our church, and they're the biggest disunity people there is. Or, Lord, I just want to see souls saved, but they won't go tell anybody about Jesus. You see, friends, you can pray beautiful prayers for others to hear. You can talk about your spiritual walk. But if your heart's not in the right place, God knows. And then the third thing Elihu says is this lack of trust. Although you say you do not see him, yet justice is before him and you must wait for him. 
And I want you to think, there's a New Testament passage of Scripture about prayer. And it says this, You have not because you ask not. And even when you do ask, you ask amiss. You don't ask because you don't believe. You ask with the wrong motives. And Jesus said <clears throat> that we have to believe when we pray, not to be carried around and blown around like the waves by doubt. And so this theme has been in Scripture forever. And so even though we see here that Job was not being punished because of his unrighteousness, he was being punished not because of his wickedness. He was being tested because God knew his heart. And Elihu, though he had good points, and though he was helpful for a season, didn't know when to quit. And I was just telling someone who was standing outside of my office today that I struggle the older I get to be around people. And you say, well, Jake, that's a terrible thing to, to, to have going on if you're a pastor. And let me be clear why that is. It's not people. It's not uh, situations like that. It is I struggle with self-doubt. I'm always concerned I've said the wrong thing. I've teased the wrong person. And so when I go home, all I can do is rethink every conversation that I've had throughout the day. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have thought that. Oh, I wish I wouldn't. Because I don't want to cause someone else to stumble. I don't want someone to say, well, you know that preacher out of 10 mile. You know his temper or... Or, you know, he shouldn't have said that. And none of us are perfect. And we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But it's something I've really struggled with over the last, oh, I don't know, a year maybe. And it's something that the Lord has been dealing with me about. And you say, Jake, I can't believe you shared that tonight. Well, that's a struggle that I have. And this devotion is an honest assessment, an honest um, breakdown of what God's doing in my life and hopefully in yours. And so... Tonight, make sure that you're where God wants you to be. Trust that you are following God. And be careful not to stay too long, talk too much, and go farther than God wants you to go. Because God has a purpose and plan for each of us. And it's to use us for his glory. So as always, I want to thank you for watching tonight. And I pray that you will have a wonderful weekend and that the Lord will bless you in a very special way.